Welcome back, listeners. Welcome to a brand new episode of Real Talk About Feminism podcast. We are wearing our Valentine's glasses today because it's almost Valentine's Day. It's almost Valentine's Day. So um, we're not going to wear them the full episode. No, because it's kind of hard to see. It is kind of hard to see. But they're really cute. And we're just hoping you all have a great Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day. Whether you're single, in a relationship, it doesn't matter. It's for everyone. Exactly. You know, this is actually the first Valentine's Day. I'm like not with someone. (gasps) Wow. Well, you should. I took myself on a date. Last well, year. I'll be working. Oh. And like honestly, I don't really care. Yeah. But and like I'm hanging out with friends and stuff. It's like I Well, it was I a, don't need someone. It wasn't no, you don't need someone, but it was like a really big thing for me last year on Valentine's Day to go. I took myself to a sit-down sushi restaurant and I had to get over like everyone staring at me because it looked like I got stood up on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And it's like all couples, but like I did it for myself. I had so much fun. I'm proud of you because it does look like that and you Mm -hmm. go into it knowing that, but who cares what other people think? And I was like trying not to just sit on my phone. Like I was like, I'm going to be in my thoughts. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you are single, like I would recommend taking yourself out on a date. You don't have to like go to a sit down restaurant, but like go and do something on your own and just celebrate yourself because it really is like it was really empowering. I love that. I've been better at doing stuff myself. Like I've gone to eat a couple times alone Mm -hmm. and it is like kind of weird because like society is like you have to have someone Mm -hmm. you know like that's what everybody does you go out to eat with people but it was fine I just watched TikTok I was by myself eating food that I really liked and it was fine yeah it was actually really fun yeah no it is it's fun yeah it's like fun to do stuff by yourself sometimes yeah yeah so happy (laughs) almost Valentine's Day everybody be safe and have a good time yes but yeah, other than that, um, obsessions. My obsession is Shit's Creek. Love that show. Since so I, iconic. Yes, it's iconic. And since I can't start a new show and I can only rewatch shows, <laughs> um, this one is the next in the round. So it's been my like show that I fall asleep to as well if I'm sleeping by myself. Um, and I don't like restart like the next morning. I can't do that. I know that people can't do that, but like I've already seen the whole show twice. I know. And even with shows like that, I have to restart. I and I don't fall asleep to shows. I fall asleep to Disney movies because I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I just like falling asleep to something familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> I need the Disney comfort movies. of the cast that I know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm rewatching right now. And it's just so funny. And it's so good. So good. And it's not too long either. No, they're 20 minute episodes. Yeah. There's not like a billion seasons. It's Modern just funny. Family. Yeah. Remember when I was Alexis last year for Halloween? Yeah. Two years ago now. Two years. And I did my dance. I was that going was through my good. TikTok yesterday because I was so bored at work and I was like making videos private. I was like, why did I ever post that? That one I left. I was like, that was actually really it good. It was of funny. Me. No, that was good. Yeah, it was good. I was impressed. Thank you. What's your obsession? My obsession is the drink poppy and I've mentioned Olipop before, but I'm obsessed with poppy right now. It has prebiotics in it. It's like better for you than soda and it's like my drinky drink Mm -hmm. and I love just like reading or watching Netflix and having a poppy yeah I have one here you have one here she's shining in her glory (laughs) I unfortunately cannot have uh prebiotics or probiotics like anything with that in it so really yeah like the it's like the fermentation of it oh okay so like I couldn't have a soda or like that yogurt this morning that made me sick like I can't have that but I like to smell it. (laughs) 
no that that sounds really weird but like I've always been like a girl who like if I'm not hungry but I like I want a taste of something I'll just smell it and like that's good enough for me it's like how good is it to I can't smell eat it, this though? but how good is it to smell <laughs> no but honestly like I've always been like that yeah so um, weird because I've never thought that about you but really no kidding. no I've always, oh, you're like you are making this up right now no I really have been like that but like I asked you to smell your last poppy mm-hmm. so yeah it's like yeah sure anyways yeah poppy sponsor us please for a healthy gut for a healthy gut <laughs> okay so today's feminist highlight is Barbara McIntock wait hold on oh okay I just had an idea Next episode, I want to do the feminist highlight. Okay. Can I? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm going to be with the feminist highlight next week, guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. In the history of the podcast, Haley has never done the I've feminist highlight. I've never done the feminist highlight. So. All right. Well, um, listen and learn. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm an expert now. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Today's highlight is Barbara McIntock. She was the Nobel P- Okay. I said listen and learn. Makes a mistake. <laughs> Um, she was the Nobel Prize winner in physiology or medicine in 1983. She was a scientist and cytogeneticist. Gen- I don't geneticist. know how to say this. No, it's geneticist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a scientist and cytogeneticist. Okay. <laughs> Growing up, her family had very little money and she was just expected to marry rich. But Barbara studied corn's hereditary characteristics, for example, the different colors of its kernels. She studied how these characteristics are passed down through generations and linked this to changes in the plant's chromosomes. During the 1940s and 50s, she proved that genetic elements can sometimes change position on a chromosome and that this causes nearby genes to become active or inactive. So she made a huge discovery. She never married. She chose to devote her life to research instead. She was shy and anything but a careerist, but at the same time, she also realized the importance of what she had achieved, not least of all in her role as an example for other women. And that information was from NobelPrize.org. And there's a bit more on there if you want to check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. But I just think it was so interesting that, like, her family was like, nope, you're going to marry rich because we're poor and you're a woman and that's just what you do. Yeah. But instead, she, like, seriously, like, worked her butt off and made this huge scientific discovery. That is really crazy. Honestly, like... Okay, what she did was amazing. But do you ever think, like, how do you get into, like, studying the genetics of corn? I don't know. And, like, she obviously, like, went to school. And, like, this was, like, a development over years and years. Like, I just gave a short summary. But, yeah, I wonder. Like, yeah, do you ever think, like, how do you get so specific in, like, your studies? Like, "Mm, I'm choosing corn. I'm choosing corn. (laughs) (laughs) That is really cool, though. Good for her. Because that is really hard, especially, like, if that's the way – well, this relates to purity culture. If that's the way you were taught growing up, like you're going to marry rich. This is what you're going to do. You're going to help the family by, you know, marrying rich so we can have money. And then she goes against that. Like, that's really hard. Yeah. And she never married. I'm like, that's really interesting, especially like in that time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good for her. So let's talk about our sexual trauma from (laughs) purity culture. (laughs) So trigger warning, we are like, I mean, by the title, if anything is triggering, like sexually, Hopefully you're not listening right now, but, um, yeah, we are going to be talking about like sex and like, like sexual repression. Yeah. Stuff like that. Everything with purity culture. So if you are family, you might not want to listen because we are going to be getting specific. This is your warning. You cannot judge us if you're listening. If we you have continue, full immunity right now. <laughs> yes. If you continue past this point, you cannot say anything to us. So 
<laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So if you grew up like us, you definitely know what purity culture is. But and some people might not. No, we'll we'll explain what it is. But like if you grew up religiously, because this isn't just like Mormonism, it's like Christianity, Christianity. Catholicism, yeah. like um is Islam. I dated a Muslim guy and I don't even know the <laughs> I think it's Islam. Yeah, like Muslim. Um, like this is just like growing up religious. Yeah. For a lot of people. So purity culture is basically um being told as a girl like from a young age that your virginity is sacred and that basically like anything sexual before marriage is a sin Mm -hmm. and there's like firm boundaries on like what that means yeah well yeah there are um it's very gendered definitely leaning more on one side and we have very specific examples that we can get into but like immediately I think about how Tyler grew up Catholic and I asked him this one time I was like did you grow up like being told like you can't you shouldn't have sex before marriage and he was like no not really but like it was never like encouraged but like it wasn't like the Catholic belief of like do not have sex before marriage Mm -hmm. and I fully believe that's because he's a man Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that the girls who went to his church like grew up well and one of my friends from high school like she wore a purity ring all through high school yeah so it's like it's very obvious that it is like for women. very targeted for women yeah yes and like as a girl like you're told your virginity is so sacred and like now I'm like questioning like what do I believe about virginity I'm like because some people think it's just like a social construct I'm like I don't know like how I feel about virginity now because I'm trying to like work through all this stuff yeah but it is interesting that like it's treated as like such a huge monumental thing yeah when you're young the weird thing to me about that is that like it is something that like you know growing up at least we can speak from like the christian standpoint Mm -hmm. or like the mormon standpoint but like growing up like it you know do not have sex before marriage or you can't go or like don't put yourself in a situation yes where you could and it is so weird to me that like the the virginity of like young girls is so important to this male like led church like it's just very like icky it's so icky yeah it's weird it. it's weird because i i was like i was going to say i'm not going to get into it but we're getting into it yeah we're getting into it like now i'm like really you know what it never was that serious <laughs> like it's it never just, that serious it was never like that serious and that's like for me personally like looking back i'm like why were we like so told so many times like it's so bad to have sex like outside of marriage Mm -hmm. and it was only girls and it's that stereotype of the boys are playing basketball and the girls are sewing and having a lesson about purity yeah like that's so real and we lived through that yeah and I mean they did teach boys not to have sex before marriage too but like in Mormonism for sure yeah, yeah but I'm sure their conversations were way different than ours way different and there's different expectations like yeah. it's not as frowned upon no so kind of a specific example of like how it's really put on women and I think that men in like religious men are conditioned to believe that it is more put on women because like in society we're like taught well okay growing up we were taught like, oh, men just can't control themselves. Yeah. Not in the way of like justifying like rape or sexual assault, but like men just can't control themselves. Like if your bralette strap is showing. That's like, why we lazy. have to dress modestly yeah, for the men. For the men. So like growing up, like that's obviously put on us like to protect the men. 
And so I feel like the men in religions are conditioned to believe like, oh, like I, it's just part of my DNA. Like I just can't control it, but girls can. Like there's no way that girls can be sexual. So if they are, then it's a sin. Right. That whole thing about like girls, like don't get horny or like aren't sexual at all. Like that's so false. Mm -hmm. And I want to like bring it back to like how it's targeted towards women. Like the whole saving yourself for your husband thing. Yeah. You never hear that about men. Yeah. Save yourself yourself for for your your future wife. No, you never hear that about, about that. Yeah. That is really true. So there's so many points like going on in my head right now. I want to talk about like the gendered thing and how like I really do think like the men, religious men are conditioned to believe it's like the women's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I was like pretty into the Mormon church and so was my boyfriend at the time. And like I would say we were like pretty religious for like yeah, teenagers. But also like the issue with purity culture is like everyone's going to find a way around it. Yeah. And at the end of the we were day, teenagers are like horny and they're going to do something about it. And so this is the point where if you're listening, family, please don't. <laughs> um, But like, you know, like in high school, like we, me and my high school boyfriend, like did some things like we never went past like hands, to mm-hmm. be honest. But like that was like against the rules, like major against major the rules. Major against the rules. And so he ended up going on a church mission and then he like when he was first there it was like his first email to me he emails me and he goes um you need to go to the bishop and repent for your sins didn't say our sins no it your was sins. my sins dude and like i literally went to the bishop and i like confessed like you i did, did this yes oh. i did this because he was telling me that i needed to and like i trusted him mhm and so and he was like on a mission like I was like he's doing what God wants him to do like I need to listen Mm -hmm. but I remember being annoyed that's like so manipulative no it really is so like I went and I sat in a room I was 17 Mm -hmm. or 16 at that point 16 I was 16 I sat in a room alone with an older man I trusted this bishop like he was really great but like and then I like told him like sexual things that I did and that is so creepy to me Like, you think of, like, even, like, the Catholic Church, like, the confessionals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, telling someone – I understand the idea of it, but, like, there's no reason why you need to, like, go into detail to, like, repent. Like, if you really believe that you made a sin – if I had believed I had made a sin by doing that in high school – I that's between me and God. Exactly. I was just going to say an older man. That's your personal relationship with God. Yeah. And that can be worked out between the two of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that – that's a really – relevant example to me of like how people who are really into the into religion I really think like the men they really don't think they have any fault mm-hmm. it's like all put on women and he literally told me you need to go repent and I didn't question it because he was a man and he like had this authority over me because right. he held like certain magical powers but <laughs> so that was just like a really specific example Yeah, I think it illustrates, though, like, the point we're trying to make because it's so true. It's, like, you – if the roles were reversed, would you ever have emailed him and said, you need to repent for your sins? No. No, because that's not your place. And also, you – it takes two. Okay? And also, if you are on a church mission, like, he should have taken care of that before. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what they're told to do. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. There's a lot of issues with it, but – 
And even like if I was in the, if the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. I might have said like, hey, like I repented for this thing. Like maybe you want to think about it too. But I wouldn't have even said that. No, like, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, that's so interesting. I straight up lied about all of my, <laughs> like when I would go in for like my temple interviews mm-hmm. and it, it was uncomfortable when they asked, have you committed any sex? Have you broken the law of chastity? Yeah. That was the phrasing. No, it's uncomfortable. I'm not going to talk about that with you. No matter how much I trust you, it's well, uncomfortable. I definitely lied about it too. Yeah. But that was the one moment where I didn't lie because he told me that I needed to. And there's like so much pressure to like go talk to the bishop. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like I can remember like when I like quote committed sexual sins in high school and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I need to go talk to the bishop. And like there's anonymity, like mom and dad would never know, but mm-hmm. like I need to go do it. And there's like so much guilt on yourself for what? Yeah. Yeah, for what? And, like, okay, if that's how they want to do it, like, can I go talk to my female leader? Exactly. Because we've got multiple of them and we trust them more. Yeah. Like, any of the, like, young women's presidents that I was with, I would have I would have been way more comfortable with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would have been fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, like, there's so much shame around it, around anything sexual. And there's also, like, okay – for example, like we were like pretty religious in high school, me and my boyfriend at the time, and we still did something mm-hmm. because it's going to happen. And so that's the thing, like that's the issue with purity culture because like it's not talked about. So like there could be issues with like STDs, STIs, getting pregnant, like all of those consequences because it's just not talked about and it's very shamed. Mm-hmm. So number one, there's that. And also like people are going to do stuff anyways. Right. Like people are going to anyways. Yeah. Because we've all been teenagers and that's what happens. Because you're young and you're curious and you're trying to like explore yourself and Mm -hmm. find yourself. Yeah. And it's a natural thing. Yeah. Also, I want to preface like I'm not condoning like having sex and when you're like young because there's a lot of mm, there's a lot of issues that can come with like having sex at a young age. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, mostly emotionally. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. Like, I'm it not is. trying to downplay, like, sex is, like, nothing. No, it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And and we both agree on that. We both agree on that. And that's something that, like, where I'm at right now, like, figuring that out for myself. Because when you're young, like, you just know about sex, like, what your parents and your community tell you about sex. Yeah. So I don't want to downplay, like, that sex is, like, not important at all. Or, like, losing your virginity. Like, right. it, it's all, like, a really big deal. And I, like, I also, like... um. Like, I don't think it's that healthy to have sex at, like, a super young age because it it can cause issues and stuff. So I'm also not, like, being like, oh, my gosh, you're you're 14. Go and do it. Yeah. No. 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 By no means am I doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of issues with purity culture. And there's a way that you can teach, like, you shouldn't have sex until you're mature, you know. Like, there's a way you can teach, like, being safe. Mm-hmm. without like shaming everyone for doing anything remotely sexual you know right it's there is hard, a way but... it is very hard because I feel like that's what they try and do like in sex ed in high school like a very objective view of like yeah use protection like wait until you're ready like that kind of stuff and it is hard because like people are going to do it if they want to but the whole thing about purity culture is like all the guilt and shame that's associated with it, like from such a young age. And that does so much damage. Yeah. Because when you're older and you're like, like me, like I'm like, what does sex mean to me? Like I am like figuring that out, even though like I literally was married and like, yeah, I've like 
been in relationships, you know, like I'm like still figuring what that means for me because from such a young age, we were told it was one thing. Yeah. And we were told like sex is so bad and then you're married and, and it's, then it's good. Yeah. And like you want to have sex when you're married, but when you're bad, like, no, like that's not, you shouldn't have those feelings when you're not married. Something that I think is really important. And this is something that like I am trying to deconstruct right now. And I was actually watching a video about this earlier is like, sex is not defined as one thing. Right. And that's the thing. Like if you define sex as like a penis going into a vagina, that's not sex. That's not the only way to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of like same sex couples or um, oral. Yeah. Or oral. Like there's other ways. So it, like for me, it's like confusing because I'm like, what even is like losing your virginity? Right. Because two, a man and a woman cannot lose their virginity the same way two women together can. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, in if you're going off that definition. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's like another thing that I like think is not necessarily like damaging, but kind of because like sex is not just like, okay, this is something that I noticed. Like when I lost my virginity, like it was something that was the biggest deal in the world, like that I was taught all growing up, like mm-hmm. at church, at school, because I was going to a religious school. Like mm-hmm. everything was like, do not have sex until you're married. You'll like, it's, up on the same level as, like, committing murder. Like, that is the same, like, sin level. Yeah. And so, like, then I actually had sex, and I was like, okay. Like, I'm not any different, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's when I was talking about, like, it being a social construct, like, the virginity thing. Yeah. It's just very interesting. I actually, like, wrote a paper about purity culture for my love and sex class last semester. But I talked about this, how, like, it's, like, so built up that, like, losing your virginity is such a big deal. and it's you're not any different as a person Mm-mm. you're not bad like you didn't do anything bad again if you're in high school please like <laughs> yeah it's different but like you're not bad for like having sex like that's a normal human thing that's a yeah. normal human experience and it's normal to like want to have sex mm-hmm. but something that I think is so damaging is like we are taught there's one way to have sex mm-hmm. and that includes a man and a woman. Yeah. And it's so damaging to people who don't fit in that category and don't enjoy having sex that way mm-hmm. and are gay. Yeah. It's because you grow up and you're taught like literally you're going to hell if you are gay and have sex and mm-hmm. you give into those quote desires. Yeah. Like it's such a shameful thing yeah. and it does so much damage for kids who grow up religiously under purity culture and then are like, wait, I don't fit into, like, the straight category Yeah, where, like, I'm not attracted to a man. Like, why is that the only thing we're taught? But then, like, I can't be truly myself because that doesn't go along with what sex is. Yeah. It's very damaging. And I think it leads to so many issues of, like, trying to find yourself, Mm -hmm. but also, like, being stuck under that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is a really important point because there really is, in my opinion, there's not one definition of sex. To me, there is not one definition of sex. So I do think that that, that's a very damaging point of purity culture, like you were saying, because it just causes a lot of issues for people who don't fit into that box. But again, that's not really okay in religion if you don't fit into that box of like being straight. So, Mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason, like I struggled in church growing up because I'm like, it's supposed to be all inclusive and it's not at all. Yeah. So that was like a huge point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another point that's like so damaging is like female pleasure. That is yes. not talked about. In fact, like, you know what? 
come to think of it, like the the discussion about like masturbation and self-pleasure was always targeted towards men. Yeah. But like never about women. Yeah. Like women could never have those desires. It's like women like can't have an orgasm or something. It's just very interesting. But like that is also so damaging. Like when you're taught basically that like sex is just for men Mm -hmm. and it's not true. It is really damaging because it leads to like very unhealthy sex. Um, So like I said, like, when I had sex for the first time, like, I was, like, okay, because it lasted, like, two minutes. Yeah. There was no, like, Boring. no question about, like, if I wanted anything, like, nothing but the act of, like, sex. Yeah. Even though I just said, like, there's no, there's more than one definition of sex, but, like, you know, intercourse. And, um, like, to me, like, I didn't really think anything of it. Like, I just kind of thought it was normal. I talked about this on, like, my sexual assault healing episode. But, like, I just got my first vibrator, like, probably, or, like, five months ago when I started dating Tyler. And, like, I just, like, didn't really think, like, my pleasure was a priority. But, like, I also didn't think anything of it. Like, I wasn't right. like, oh, like, like it was just like, oh, like, just this like, is what it sex. is. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize that, like, it's not okay for the man to be the only one that experiences pleasure out of it until Tyler. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's really damaging because, like, sex is, like, for me, it's, like, very emotional. It's, like, a very connecting thing. Mm-hmm. And so then to have someone, like, not care about your feelings at all, like, that's damaging. But I just thought it was normal, you know? Right, because it's never explained, really. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, on, it's really taboo, yeah. honestly. It really is. Um I was, like, really lucky because when I lost my virginity with, like, my Mm then-boyfriend – so weird now. I haven't called him my boyfriend in years. But um, he was, like, so good about it. Like, I never even brought anything up, but, like, he just went for it. Yeah. And so, like, I never, like, had that struggle. And he's actually the one that, like, bought me my first vibrator. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I ever told you that. But, like, he's the one, like – he, like, surprised me with it one day and was like, hey, like, you were saying, like, you want to spice things up? Like, I wow. I bought this for you. And I was like, wow, like, green flag for you. Yeah, literally. Um, But, like, yeah, like, he, like, made me feel, like, really – I was, like, so nervous about yeah. it because I was like, toys, like, no, 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 like, that's taboo too. Like, yeah. no, like, no toys. I've never done that. Like, I don't know what to do. But, like, he, like, helped me with it. Like, he was, like, so good about it. So, like, I was yeah. really lucky with that. And that, like, made me comfortable, like, using it on my own like myself yeah but yeah so that's very interesting because like that was like so evident to me that I was like oh my gosh like I can like see the effects of this because you just like don't talk about how sex can be like so fun and pleasurable and Mm -hmm. it's not just about like making babies and making life it should be fun like it's something that's normal for for humans and like in a relationship yeah so no I really like that yeah that's a a kudos to him yeah it is (laughs) um yeah that's like I think that's a, one of the big factors that it creates so much damage. Like, you're just not taught that you can find pleasure out of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I re- like mom and dad would tell us, like, sex is, like, fun when you're married. Like, mm-hmm. it should be fun. Like, you should enjoy it. But, but you're it never, never like, like – You're never, like, taught how or, like, why. Why it could mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah. Because it also, like, is way easier for men to, mm-hmm. like, have an orgasm and then it is for women and so like it's also like okay like I'm not taught anything 
now I'm just finding out like, okay, like it should be pleasurable for me, mm-hmm. but I am having the hardest time. Like, is there something wrong with me? Am I, you know, like, it's just mm-hmm. like so much of a spiral. That's like what affects me, you know? Yeah, it it is a spiral for sure. And I never like in high school, like before when I was having sex, like before marriage and stuff, honestly, like I never, it was rare if I would like struggle with feeling so guilty where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a bad person. Like I never really had like those intrusive thoughts like that. and would like spiral, Mm -hmm. but it's like now in the phase of my life, like with my vibrator, like, you know, like my sexual life, it's like sometimes that creeps in Mm -hmm. and I like have to like work through that in therapy. But like before it's just very interesting because like even though I grew up being taught all this, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like now I'm like dealing with it more than I was like even in high school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've never really thought like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person for doing this. Like in uh, in high school, like I did feel guilty, but like I've never thought like I'm going to hell, you know? Yeah. Like I never believed that, but like I, it has stuck with me so strong that somebody told me that sex before marriage and murder you get sent to the same place in hell. And no. I was like, that is not accurate. No. Sorry. No. <laughs> like, I never believed that. But it like, literally says that, like, in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Because I used that quote in my essay. Oh, <laughs> I yes. did. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's a lot of damages. One, the, Another thing. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, there really is a lot mm-hmm. that can happen, like, in your adulthood when you're, like, trying to work through all this stuff. Yeah. Another, like, damaging thing is that it makes it so that there's no converse, no conversation about consent. Mm-hmm. It's all the focus on don't have sex before you're married. It's yep. never, like, you shouldn't have sex before you're married. And if you do or if someone does something to you or something happens to you, that is not your fault. Like, right. you need to you need to talk to someone you trust, like, report, you know, like – there's so much focus on, like, do not have sex before you're married. But then what if you get raped? And, like, if you were in a place where, like, for me in high school, like, when I was really into the church, if something happened to me. Then you would think it's your fault. I would think, like, okay, maybe not think it's my fault. Like, I could definitely easily go there. But it would be hard to want to, like, report anything because it, there's so much shame around it. And the way we grew up, I wouldn't have felt shame about that. But even, like, being out at BYU-Idaho when I was assaulted and I was in this, like, hyper-religious environment, there was so much shame around anything with sex that even, like, even though I knew it wasn't my fault and I didn't put myself, like, you know, nothing was on me and I wasn't going to get kicked out of school for it, there was still, like, shame, like, reporting it and talking to someone. Because it's so stigmatized. Because it's so stigmatized, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, now, like, I feel dirty because, like, these people that I'm reporting it to, which were all men, by the way, and I tried to petition for them to be, have a woman, and they didn't listen to me. Um, But, like, I feel dirty now because these people know that something happened to me, and at this school, if you do anything sexual, you should be getting kicked out. But, like, I have done that against my will, you know, and now I just feel dirty. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's a lot of like danger in teaching that because if the importance is so put on, don't have sex before marriage or you're going to hell and not, if something ever happens to you, this is what you need to do. Like, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And it's just so, uh, 
it can really create like unhealthy relationships or like the way you see relationships and sex in general. Mm -hmm. And like, say there's like somebody who like gets married and then their husband like assaults them. Yeah. Because you can be sexually assaulted while you're married. Yeah. But like, you're like, well, I'm married and like, this is what I was told about sex. Like, I so this supposed is to enjoy sex with my husband. Yeah. And I've never had sex before because I was told I'd go to hell. And you don't know any difference. Yeah. And so nothing changes because you don't feel like you can go talk to anybody and you definitely can't talk to your husband about it. Yeah. So it's very scary, like, for some women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, again, it's hard. Like, I'm not a parent, so I don't even know how I'm going to navigate this. I know. I've thought about it. But there need, I mean, just like in our sex ed for kindergartners episode, the importance should be placed on consent. And especially me, like, I really believe that. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. But like, I never want my kids to go, even like teaching kids, like, you don't have to hug every relative if you don't feel like it. It starts very basic. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like basic things like that. Um, Like, I definitely want to teach that. And it, it is hard, but like, the main emphasis emphasis with sex ed should be about safety and should be about consent and making sure everyone feels comfortable because people are going to do stuff anyways. Right. And I also like with the education thing, I just learned from you mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to use um, oil-based lube with condoms. Like I just learned that and I'm 22 years old. Yeah. And I've been having sex for years. Like that is bad. Yeah, like, there needs to be education. I don't know how I learned that, but I just did. I literally had no idea until I told you. And you're like, Kenzie, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. I was, like, freaking out. Yeah. But, like, how was I supposed to know? Yeah, no, like, systems have just failed. Like, Mm -hmm. there needs to be better education. But, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, so many things about it that we could talk about. Like, we definitely should do a part two at some point. Yeah. Because – With maybe, like, answering some questions that you guys have. Yeah, for sure. Like, let us know, like, questions or, like, things you want us to discuss and, like, hash out because we both grew up in this. We both lived it. We've had to, like, work through things, like, whether it was, like, minimal or, like, major Mm -hmm. with, like, sex and relationships in general. And we can give, like, very specific examples if they Mm -hmm. apply, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I want to – give like a couple like ways to help yourself if mm-hmm. you've like struggled with this yeah the main one for sure is therapy yeah and even like for me when I said like I never really like struggled with like guilt and shame until like recently like now mm-hmm. in like varying degrees but like you've got to go work through that you've got to talk about it because also like having those feelings and like not having anyone to talk to about it is like really lonely because you're like what's wrong with me it's also like when something is so deeply ingrained in you there's really no way to, like, reverse that or, like, get rid of, like, the negative side effects of that without talking to someone. Like, you have to talk to a therapist. You have to because you're literally – if you are if you grew up in purity culture and you're now an adult and you're like, actually, I don't believe any of that. That was wrong. That was manipulative. I don't agree with it. You're deconstructing those beliefs that were ingrained in you yeah. since you were a kid. And so you have to be able to talk through that and work mm-hmm. through it and then – I would say, like, if it's severe, like, having, like, a certified, like, sexual trauma therapist or something. Because it is trauma on varying degrees. Yeah. So I think going to therapy, having somebody to talk through about it. And then I also think, like, being okay with, like, letting go of, like, some of those preconceived ideas that you had were, quote, bad about, like, yourself. Whether that be, like, your sexual orientation or 
certain kinks you have in the mm-hmm. bedroom or like things you want to try like exploring yourself yeah. basically like being okay and giving yourself that grace to find out what you like you don't have to just do missionary nope laundry is not bad toys are not, toys bad. Are not bad toys are your friend <laughs> Um, yeah, like none of that is bad. It's okay to have fun because, like, it's a very connecting thing with your partner, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you should want to have fun. Like, you should want to, <laughs> no, you really should, though. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. Like, there's a reason, obviously, like, for procreation, but, like, there's a reason we want to have sex because mm-hmm. it's fun and yeah. it is connecting. Yeah. And it feels good. Yeah, and for me, like, a big part of everything has been, like, taking back my power because, like, that was something that was, like, taken away from us, like, and we were taught not to do, and then things happened to me, and, like, you know, sexually things were taken away from me, and so, like, after that, like, that's when I decided, like, I'm gonna lose my virginity because, like, I was, like, it's, like, if someone is not gonna get in trouble with the school and the church for, like, putting something on me, Mm-hmm. like doing something sexually to me without my consent then they obviously if they don't care about a crime that was committed they obviously shouldn't care that much about me choosing to have sex no and it's like why are they so concerned yeah literally it's creepy. it is so yeah like I decided that and so like for me like it's like learning how to take my power back from like the institution that I feel like repressed our feelings I love that. yeah because from a young age like you were in the institution mm-hmm. growing up with these beliefs and then you were at an institution where all of that was, like, put against you. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'm, like, if you're not going to get someone in trouble for committing a literal crime, then me going and making a choice, there you cannot get me in trouble for that. I do. Even though your first time sucked, I'm glad you made the choice. It didn't suck, actually. Oh. Like, there was no pleasure, but, like, I felt completely safe, 100%. Yeah, but, but it's not a good time if you don't both finish. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, not completely. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I'm glad you made the choice for yourself. Exactly. So, like, that was, like, the thing. And, like, I didn't feel guilty afterwards. Like, going back to school, like, I was obviously lying, like, because I wasn't supposed to be at school. you weren't the only one. Yeah, like, 50% of the people probably were having sex. Well, actually, I know because I was was working at the clinic, the student health center, and there was all – I was working in the lab, so I was doing the blood tests and the urine tests, Mm -hmm. and there was, like, a gonorrhea outbreak. (laughs) Like, and I remember them talking and being, like, the doctors being, like, what are we supposed to do? But, like, they can't – they obviously would never like they can't report it's you. It's HIPAA. And like the doctors were actually cool. Like the physicians, like they didn't yeah. care. But yeah, I remember them being like, oh my gosh, like gonorrhea outbreak at BYUI. <laughs> what? So yeah, everyone was doing it. But like I never felt guilty after that because I was like, I took my power back and I made the choice. Yeah. And every time since then, like, has been me like making the choice and like figuring out what I like and like that's empowering to me. So Yeah, for sure. Like it is. It feels very empowering when you, like, are in charge of your own sexual decisions. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in, like, I'm not talking about rape and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, like, I want to try this because it looks fun. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. Like, we're on a floating rock. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And Jesus still loves me. (laughs) And Jesus still loves me. Um, The other day, like, I was, like, um, I'm definitely a pillow princess. But the other day, I was, like, a little more assertive. And I felt like such a baddie, but like in that moment, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm like being powerful right now, you know? Yes. And so, yeah, I think it it really is like, it's so important to figure it out. If you feel shame about it, like it is really normal. You're not alone. You can reach out to us, but these things are very real. The repercussions of 
purity culture and growing up in that environment. So it's okay to have struggles and it's normal. But yeah. Yeah. The important thing is to find someone to talk to about it and work through it so that you can have a good sex life. Yeah. We want that for all of you. We want that for all of you. Um, If you guys do want us to do a a second episode on this like, I would in love a few to. months um we're gonna put a poll like if you're listening on spotify you can answer the polls tell us that you want us to do in another episode and or like dm us like comment on the post whatever you want to do but if you guys have questions we could put a question box and get questions to answer for you guys because i really do think this is beneficial i do too or like even just like can you talk about this yeah it doesn't have to be a question yeah but like something that you want us to cover because like we're speaking from personal experience, but maybe there's something else that we're not thinking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you guys enjoyed, obviously this is like a heavy topic, but like if you, I hope that you found, if you can relate, I hope that you found some comfort knowing that we can relate to you too. Yeah. Cause we really can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> well, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at real talk about feminism pod, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter and our YouTube channel and rate and review, share with a friend. And in honor of Valentine's Day, stay Stay super super freaky. freaky. Have Have great great vagina. vagina. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.